What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, we're Michael and Marshall F.A., and in this episode, we're talking about the dynamic of gifts when trying to live a minimalist lifestyle. Do you draw the line in the sand and opt out of gifts altogether? Or is there another approach? Our answer might surprise you about this specific topic. Anyway, you're listening to episode 12, so let's get straight into it. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. We are excited about this topic because it's something that everybody experiences one way or another throughout their lives from the day that they're born. So, yeah. Are you excited, Michael? Even before you're born. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, today we're talking about managing gifts as a minimalist or just managing gifts in general. It doesn't even have to be as a minimalist, but that's, you know, that's how it's coming from us um, being minimalists and how we've seen that shift over the years um, as to how we see gifts yep. um, and how we give gifts as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a, this is a, a really, yeah, it's an interesting topic just because, you know, I think from a minimalist perspective, it's really easy to assume that minimalists do not participate in gifts at all. Yeah. Um, because, you know, gifts can promote consumerism, but... I think we have a slightly different viewpoint on that, which we'll hopefully get to as we work through this conversation. Mm. Uh, is talking about, you know, you know, I don't think it is as black and white mm. um, around gifts uh, as people may think when it comes to minimalism. So, and everyone's different, you know. As minimalism has different meanings for different people as well. This is, I guess, just our experience, our journey, and how yeah. we see it. So, yeah, yeah, cool. So, Michael, do you want to tell me mm. what the best gift is that you ever got? The best up? gift that I've ever received. Um, or not necessarily even growing up, just... Look, I've, I've had a lot of great gifts. I've had a fortunate childhood. Um, do you remember any of them? Yes, I do. I remember <laughs> lots. I remember... All, I, remember uh, like a lo- I remember a lot of toys that I received, mm. um, you know, when, when I was in primary school. Like, I remember... Getting glow in the dark Lego, um, but is that gifts as a present, like as in you're getting a gift for your birthday or for Christmas or for whatever occasion? Yeah. Or is it that you just like, where do you define the gift? Well, I, do you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. I think I, I think a gift is just, you know, any. So not something that you've specifically just asked for randomly and your mum just buys it for you. That's not a gift. No, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily consider that a gift at that time. Yeah. I might now. Yeah. But then certainly not. It was very much around birthdays and Christmas. and um, But I remember one Christmas, it was probably like in 98, 99. I can't remember the specific year. But um, so I remember all year. around 10. Yeah. Uh, 10 or 11 and I remember all year I wanted a bicycle like a new bicycle um, and you know I I was told that if I get good grades I may be considered Santa might be nice to me I got that whole spiel but I remember that when it actually got to Christmas day 
and we were unwrapping gifts. Um, there was no sign of this bike. Of this bike. Uh, so my parents did a really good job of managing my expectations, and they what, even saying that like you're not getting a bike or don't expect the bike. Or... Yeah, they were just saying don't expect the bike, and then on the day itself, when we were unwrapping the presents, like it was no bike. Yeah, I well, just couldn't see, see it. it. Yeah. yeah, but um, so you're expecting it under the tree. I, I was just expecting a bike, and and so everybody was on board in the family. So my brother and sister, and my parents were on board, and I remember that. They they all um, were basically acting as to say that like the gift like you know because we all give gifts in, you know at the same time and then we came to the end of the session they're like okay well that's it l- let's wrap it up and I was just like oh it's really <laughs> it's really happening like I'm not getting this bicycle you Even still though- had hope throughout yeah. the whole process like Michael yeah. and turn around <laughs> exactly um, but but then they're like no there there is one more gift. <laughs> Uh, if we go into, uh, let's take a trip down to the basement. And I, I sprinted down, <laughs> sprinted. Did uh, you know that, like, did they say to you, no, it's for you? No, 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 no. They just said, go down to the basement. Okay. And I knew that it was a bicycle. Imagine if it wasn't. Yeah. The disappointment on your face oh, would have been terrible. I, I would have been devastated. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I took out the bike and I was like, oh, my God, it's here. And I think so. There was a lot of theatre around it. Yeah. But... I wanted the bike all year and uh, it finally came and, you know, it was a big part of my life. So, um, that was by far, yeah, the most memorable gift that I ever received. Mm. Um, one of many stories. Yeah. Um, what about you? I Any come to really, mind? Well, I mean, I I don't really have any that, like, stand out. Maybe if I was triggered by, like, photos or by someone in my family saying, you know, this is what you got this year and you were so excited and so happy. I mean, Barbies, when I was growing up, was always a great gift. Yeah. And I do remember one year I um, I got – so we had family friends that moved to – so this is when we were still living in Slovenia and we had family friends that moved to Perth. Yeah. And the daughter, she had a Barbie house that I inherited and I was so happy and so excited and I literally was in my room playing because I had a million Barbies and um, played, you know, decorated the house and like all the tiny little details and everything. But like it came with all of the furniture and stuff as well. So it was pretty cool. I didn't really have to get anything else. So that was kind of like as a kid, that was probably one of the things that I remember the most being excited about that I got that was quite big and significant. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily like a birthday present, not that I remember anyways. Um, but do you remember wanting that Barbie set before you got it? I don't remember ever seeing it I see. at her house. I just remember, yeah, when when I got it, that it just was really exciting. It yeah. wasn't something that I expected. I see. So Yeah, it's completely unexpected. Yeah. Um, and then, so, I mean, I probably got a lot of gifts as a kid. Yeah. But I just don't remember. Yeah, that's fine. And my memory is not the best. Yeah, yeah. The... But it all it all sort of blurs together anyway. Yeah. Uh, when you think about receiving gifts. But, um, I mean, I was very fortunate. I had a really great upbringing. I yeah. got everything that I wanted. You know, I had really adorable outfits and all yep. the all the toys that I could ever want. Yeah. 
But it was interesting. The only toys that I never got was Tamagotchis growing up. And for some reason, like this is when we moved to Sydney and my brother got them many years later, but I was never allowed them. So that's like sat in the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, like the most expensive gift I think I've ever been given was for my 18th and that was a laptop. Okay. And so I think I started like a tradition in my family without realizing it or that my parents, like my younger two siblings were like, okay, mental note. I shall ask for a laptop for my 18th birthday as yeah. well. So my younger brother and sister, I think, also got laptops for their 18th birthdays. Yeah, um, you set the standard. And yeah, my older sister just missed out. Sorry, Vanya. <laughs> so she missed out probably first, on a lot. Firstborn problems, eh? <laughs> um, so so that's um. But I think I think in in those stories, like I mean, you could, you could hear probably in both of our voices the excitement. And and I think for many of us, we can relate to like that feeling of receiving a gift that you really wanted or that was unexpected. Mm. Um, and and I, it brings me to the next point, which is um, I just wanted to introduce the the five love languages. So uh, this is actually based on a book that was uh, recommended to us a while ago. Um, about basically developing empathy in your love relationship, but in any relationship as well. And uh, it, it really talks about how um, your spouse or your partner is really motivated, like what gets them um, excited, what's their uh, greatest expression of love. And the author breaks it down, and we'll put a link in the show notes as well, but the author breaks it down into five languages, which are words of F- Affirmation, which is my love love language. <laughs> so if Marsha just uh, compliments, Michael loves being told that he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm very motivated by that. Um, and the second one is quality time. Uh, another one is acts of service. So this is Marsha's love language. Like if I like mow the lawn or something, um, she gets quite excited. You, we haven't had a lawn in. How I know long? we haven't, but I remember. I remember. Or just like doing things unexpectedly without me having to ask you. That for me is like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And I feel like you, yeah. So acts of service is definitely. And it was interesting reading the book and going, oh, this looks like it could be me. Yes. But then when acts of service came up, because you can tell when someone doesn't do that to when they do do it, how black and white it is. Yes. Um, but I think there's a bit of overlap as well. Oh, like yeah, some yeah. Not to say that. Some people can have more than multiple, one. And it changes given in the, uh, where you're at as well. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the other one is physical touch. Um, so some people really motivated by that acts of service. And then the last one, of course, is receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just wanted to read uh, a little snippet from the book that really highlights the power of gifts. Mm-hmm. So a gift is something that you can hold in your hand and say, look. He was thinking of me or she remembered me. You must be thinking of someone to give him or her a gift. So it's about the thought of the gift Mm. that really counts. Mm. Um, And if you think about it, I think gift giving has been around probably since the the start of humankind uh, in exchanging some sort of value, um, whether it's has associated tangible cost or not. Mm. So, um, we just wanted to start off this conversation by sort of acknowledging the power of gifts and how it makes us feel in our lives. And, and you might fall into the category as this might be your primary love language or you might have people in your life 
that are really enthused and motivated by gifts. Um, so this adds a, a different dynamic to minimalism. Sorry, you wanted to say something? I was just going to say, and I think that those people, you can quite quickly tell who they are yes. because of also how they show love to someone is by the quality of the gift that they're getting, giving you. Yes. So like I have a friend that loves to put in a lot of effort into how she give gifts me a gift. And then, you know, then I feel like I need to do the same to respect and show love towards her because I know that she really values that. Yes. So it's it's interesting that sometimes people do things um that's their love language to show the other person that that's how they want to receive that back yeah. as well. Yeah. Or that's just what they that's what they're most comfortable doing. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the whole point of the book. It's like, you know, your love language and how you like to receive it is probably the easiest way that you give, that you, can you show, show love as well. well. And yeah. it might not be relevant to the other person. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole idea of empathy, right? Mm. Um, it's just like you and I in acts and service and words of affirmation works very differently for each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think, you know, uh, you know, a good way to tell if somebody has that primary love language is in the, the how much time and effort and thought goes into how they give you gifts. It's probably a really good indication of that. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, with with all of that said, I think um, the, the whole idea of gifts in our culture, while can be really powerful and thoughtful, can also easily promote excessive or unnecessary consumption. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when it becomes quite challenging because, um, you know, I don't have as many examples as you, but, you know, I think everybody ha- at least has one experience of receiving a gift that they didn't like. Mm. Oh, I've got plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, um, do, you, do you recall what some, some of those gifts were? Well, growing up, it was that sort of thing like you have a birthday party and then you invite all your friends over and like you spend time at school, but some people you invite that you don't necessarily know too well. Yep. Um, And, you know, vice versa. So if you go to their house and stuff and I find that kids, like kids tend to give gifts or, you know, sometimes if they're quite young, the parents give gifts that they think about it, but there's not as much of a connection with the person sure. that they're giving the gift to. So, for instance, for me, I got a lot of candles yeah. as a present and that to me... Was that only as a up, kid? I think you got that candles as a gift as an adult too. Yeah, but like every single birthday, yeah, multiple candles for years. <laughs> And I was like, and I think that that kind of put a thing in my head to say, like, I can't stand candles. And it's the, to me, it felt like the most unpersonalized gift that you can give someone. Unless that person absolutely loves candles and you know that. But candles and so many other things are such a, like a... That's something you get in a gift shop. Yeah. You know, like it's one of those things like... It's, It's a very... I don't know. It just felt like, and maybe receiving gifts was one of my love languages growing up. 
Yeah. And that's obviously since shifted, I don't pay, like I don't really care as much about them as I used to. Um, But that to me, when I received the candle would be like, you put absolutely no thought into this gift. And it was quite upsetting to me, but I think probably also because I never had any close friends and that to me kind of just reaffirmed that. Yeah, right. So sometimes right. gifts can be reaffirming that you go, well, you don't actually really know me, do you? Yeah, I see. So that's the feeling, I guess, that it gave me. And um, yeah. yeah. So, and, but, you know, candles is one example of many, right? Mm. And and I think, you know, when, when you, you try to give somebody a gift as a kind gesture, but then you miss the mark and what the gift is, mm. then then it creates this whole dynamic as you just explained in the relationship and expectations. But then we talk about just consumerism and clutter now. Yeah. Now you have all these things that you don't... I'd never, I'd never lit one of those candles. There you go. So like that brings up, so you didn't want it or you don't use it. Then mm. then what? What, mm. what happens then? Oh, you know what happens <laughs> then? It goes into my regifting box. <laughs> you had a regifting box. I did. <laughs> I think this reminds me of the Seinfeld episode. Yeah. We're going to have to link to that. Yeah. If anyone, shout out to anyone that watches Seinfeld, but you might remember the episode about regifting and how like Elaine figured out that the guy that she was seeing regifted a present to Jerry that she gave to him. And it was like this triangle and she's like, oh my God, he's a regifter. And um, it's absolutely hilarious. So I'll see if I can find it and link to it in the show notes, but please continue. Yeah. Um, no, I think my family, I mean, I know I definitely did. I'm not sure if my whole family had a regifting box or just a space where you put things that you you don't use and that are in perfectly brand new condition yep. um, to gift to other people. So that was kind of like a normal thing in my household growing up. So everybody got kind of gifts that yeah. they didn't like want or need. Yeah. Oh. So what did that mean for like clutter and just like dealing with it? Like, what did you do? Like when you get a gift that you don't know what to do with, it's like, what's that feeling like? Well, I mean, I knew where it was going. <laughs> oh, because you had a box. I had a box yeah. or I'd donate it to someone or, or just give it to someone that I know would enjoy it. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, I threw, threw it in the bin or it never went to waste in that sense, sure. but it just, it ended up with someone that was more likely to use it than I was. Yeah. Um, and I was a pretty good regifter, if I can say so myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, growing up, I actually had, I had a strong feeling that I was gifted in being able to read people quite well or being able to pick up on what they like and what they don't like quite easily without even knowing them really, really well. Uh, so in saying that, you know, I always envisioned like, you know, I'd look at the box, for instance, or I'd go out to buy someone a present. Can I see them using that or can I see them wearing that or whatever it is? Um, so that was kind of what, how I approached it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But at least you, you found a bit of a system to at least continue utilizing some of those gifts. And I'm sure you couldn't re-gift everything. No. Yeah. So. So it would probably end up in the pile to be donated. Donated to charity. or whatever. But it again, it's more decisions you have to make. There's more yeah, management around exactly. it. It just creates more work than it should, right? Yeah. And I think, um, you know that that excess 
spills into events as well. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've spoken a few episodes back about our minimalist vegan wedding. Uh, you know, weddings, bridal parties, these are all prime occasions to receive gifts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if the right expectations are not set, then you can end up with a lot of things or mm. duplicate products mm. uh, and presents that you just don't need or want. So it can be a really tricky, and I mean, I don't know how it is for guys, for women in particular, I feel like there's a little bit more pressure when it comes to presents. I don't know. Um, I haven't felt that type of pressure in, mm. in my lifetime. But I think uh, in my experience anyway, with the friends that I had growing up, I think we would pretty, have some pretty honest and upfront conversations. Yeah, I think and, guys, and I think, are but guys like, talk don't about, beat around the bush, just get to it. What do you want? Yeah. Rather than girls are a little bit less of straight communicators. Yeah. So it can be a bit more of... But the, awkward... the, but, but the male, like the, the guy friends that I surrounded myself with, we all kind of like the same things. Yeah. So if we liked it... Yeah, yeah. Oh, like I really wanted that PlayStation game. Mm-mm. Like, and we're all playing the same PlayStation game. Cool, that yeah. could be a gift. Yeah. Or this is their favorite NBA team. So let's just get them that jersey from that. Like, you know what I mean? It's all pretty safe yeah. stuff. Um, so it worked out. But there's out less for scope in terms of presence with guys as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just as consumers, marketers oh, yeah. target more at women. Well, women are the main decision makers yeah. for buying stuff in households yeah. as well. But, um, so yeah, so there's, there's, there's weddings, there's baby showers. Um, obviously, the big ones are, are Christmas and birthdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you alluded to... Well, weddings and, as and, well. And, yeah, but weddings. But it's not something that comes around as often. Exactly. Yeah. But we're talking sort of annual events that yeah. um, not only the exchange of gifts, but just the the excess consumerism in the event itself um, presents that challenge. So, um, just you know, that, like Even just things like wrapping paper... Yep. The amount of money that's spent every single year on wrapping paper that's literally torn apart the second that you get your gift and then goes into the rubbish bin. When you think about it, that one year, what, sorry, one day in the whole year, how much waste that creates, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So when I wrote a post about um, practicing minimalism in, at Christmas time, I actually mentioned in that article ways to reduce buying wrapping you know obviously finding things around the house or recycling old like again this is something that i did growing up was saving wrapping paper like actually removing the tape and keeping it intact and being able to reuse it for things later on and bags i think that bags are actually a much more practical way or boxes or something that you can you know you don't have to rip apart um that you can use time and time again so Absolutely. Because um, let's be honest, they're way overpriced for what 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 you're actually using it for. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I found with gifts is cards. To get a card or not to get a card. And my rule now is if I'm buying a card for someone, the message inside that card almost needs to make them cry. Okay. Like that's the kind of you yeah. want to give them something that they'll actually remember and that will give them emotion to make it worthwhile purchasing a card. Yeah. Because to me, otherwise it's pointless. Like just saying happy birthday, lots of love, you know, yeah. like that to me is just a waste of a card. Yeah. So um, that's my intention if I do end up purchasing a card or you can make one yourself as well. Yep. 
um, because the person, you know, it will actually make it, as I said, worthwhile to do it then. But, um, yeah, the pressure of gift, being the gift giver yeah. can sometimes be Absolutely. overwhelming. I mean, I'm already thinking about what we're going to get your mum and your sister. Their birthday is next week. And I'm sure it hasn't even crossed your mind. <laughs> We've yeah. sorted out your um, our niece's present. And so we're getting her a birthday cake. That's yeah. her present from us. But we typically try and do gifts that are either experiences or things that are more on the perishable side so that it's not yep. not too um too much of a waste. Yes, exactly. But I think, yeah, you're right. I mean the it's you know, going back to the pressure of a gift giver, I think it's you know, you know, if you think about how much time you might need to spend up front and you've already alluded to some of those examples, but really thinking about the individual yeah. uh, and and what they want, what their style is, what have they dropped any hints in the past and to build that into your ideation as well. Um, you know, and then think about how many gift guides are floating around the internet, you mm. know, and and also like in romantic relationships, like the pressure of gifts uh, mm. at least early on in the relationship as well and things like valentine's day and birthdays and um and things like that so i think there could be a lot of pressure for both parties uh in that romantic setting mm. uh initially too um and then it's like then it's like you know how many conversations have you had with people about or how much should i spend mm. You know, what's the appropriate amount of money that I should spend on a gift? And again, that could be... Well, it's typically I find that it's around Christmas time, um, when especially when you're doing like Secret Santa or um, like at work in particular, they normally cap it at like 10 or $20. Yep. And those gifts I always find are so useless, unless you really know your coworker well, but it's like you typically get someone random and then you need to buy them a gift. The whole concept of, what's it called? Secret Santa. Secret Santa, yep. yeah. Um, it's just like, and every year they do the same thing. I think maybe it's time that they created a new <laughs> new way of uh, exchanging presents or just yep. having a little bit more thought behind it. Yeah. Because you might not even know that staff member that you get well, yeah, to buy a gift But for. at the same time, it also just, um, you know, having something in place uh, while the intent is good can put a lot of pressure oh, on, yeah. on colleagues and work teams to think of, oh, and it just sits in the back of your head. You know, I think we all know that feeling of like, oh, it's just sitting there. It's just, oh, I need mm. to get this person something. What is it going to be? It's much nicer for all of you go, to go out for lunch or something together and spend that money on food and enjoy a meal together than, yeah. than buy presents. Yeah, perhaps, uh, unless their love language is gift receiving. So, yeah, but um, but I, yeah, it's I think you know there's so many elements of pressure and gift giving, mm. um, which is which is a point that we really wanted to to make. But I think that brings us up to, you know, like as a minimalist, you know, what what's the balance? Should you participate in gifts at all? Um, and. You know, I think some minimalists uh, that uh, some thought leaders out there are really of the opinion that um, that don't commit to gifts. Um, so they draw the line in the sand about a no gift policy, uh, which is really interesting. Um, I know what Marsha just said before is that, you know, 
like and we've written an article about this as well. Uh, so 21 minimalist gift ideas under a hundred dollars. We'll link to that in the show notes. But we talk a lot about consumables or experiences. So um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about drawing a line in the sign? Uh, sorry, drawing a line in, uh, a line in the sand, and then thinking about consumables and experiences as alternatives to physical, tangible gifts. Well, consumables can still be physical, correct? Gifts. So um, I think that it's okay as long as you communicate that well with the people that you're spending time with but a lot of the time I imagine that if you are a minimalist or are into zero waste or some form of life philosophy where you don't want to contribute to consumerism yep they will probably already know not to expect from you in a sense but I think it's still important to communicate up front but you're still getting them a present yeah regardless so I don't think that that really matters yeah so it just depends if you say like no gift altogether or the gift is a consumable or an experience. Sure. So that's two different things. Yeah. And but I mean in And it also depends who the gift is for. So some people you might draw the line in the sand and say, "Well, I'm not going to buy presents for um people in the office this year or you know, if I'm going to this party, I'm not going to bring a gift with me, you know, or if you at Christmas time, you might just say, well, might just get presents for the kids rather than the adults. So it just depends on, you know, the relationship that you have with the people or the person that you're, you know, potentially giving a gift to. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be case by case, um, but I think um, knowing that, you know, the the joy that gifts can bring to people and, and knowing that actually you can still receive or give a gift that's going to be of great value, mm. um, you know, because minimalism is about identifying what's essential and eliminating the rest. I mean, you could be contributing something that is essential to somebody's life and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I suppose that's going to come with a lot of communication and knowing each other to ensure that it falls into that category. The big trap about, and I can see why people draw the line in the sand, is that there's too much risk. Yeah. Like if you don't draw, draw the line, then you risk getting things that you don't use mm. and it's excess and it creates more clutter, more decisions. And that's the nightmare for any minimalist that's trying to live intentionally. Yeah. So it's, um, but I do think there's room for gifts in our world if we're smart about it. Well, let's use us for- as an example, sure. for the last few years, we either don't give each other presents, we give yep. each other because our birthdays are actually only 12 days apart. Yep. Um, so we typically go away somewhere together and that's our present to each other or we have yep. an experience together or we actually buy something for the other person that they need that's on the wish list. Yes. Um, that we've talked about before, but it's... It's yeah, so like, in episode three. So episode three, uh, we talked about dealing with sales as a minimalist and we talk at length about the power of a wish list. Yeah. Um, but even like using last year as an example for my 30th, I was, you know, I got quite a few presents, but it was everything that I actually wanted. Yes. Because I sat down with you and we talked about, you know, oh. okay, you need some jeans. I literally had not one pair of jeans. Yeah. And and it's things that, you know, and some shoes. 
Yeah. And it's things that I use on a daily basis. Yeah, you're struggling in the fashion department, so yeah. we had to. Well, you had you felt like you needed to step in and sort <laughs> me out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm no fashion expert, but I I I uh, he will draw the I line a lot. somewhere. <laughs> I learned a lot. I was on Pinterest. I was. Uh, I was on YouTube channels about fashion and stuff and yeah. Because but see we, the time that we both invested into that process. Yeah, but it's like the same thing happened in my birthday last year. I yeah. I'd um established a whole personal uniform yeah. off the back of oh, my yeah, birthday. Um but you know, that sustained us for such a long time. It, because we never spend money on clothes yeah. for each other or ourselves. So yeah. we had to really push ourselves to go, okay, you know, we need to get this done. Because we don't prioritize looking at what we actually have in our wardrobes. Yes. Um, and kind of going, okay, this is getting a little bit too daggy to be presentable, to be wearing out. Yeah. But then I think for us, the added layer of, is it ethically made? Is it vegan? Is it organic? Too hard basket. (laughs) All of that sort of stuff, because we've learned so much over the years about the fashion industry, about different industries that we don't want to contribute to. Yeah. Um, or that we want to contribute to. So it's a bit more of a process rather than just going out and saying, yeah, I want a pair of jeans. It's it's a bit of a process. Yeah. So, you know, typically shopping online and then it's kind of can be off-putting depending on what where you're buying from and what you are buying because sizing and all of that. So I don't know how people only buy things online because but we, but <laughs> not we, had but the we best kind of have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah we kind of have to. So, so. um so it's I think it's not even necessarily just cutting out complete gift giving or receiving gifts it's also thinking about well which brands and products do we want to support and which industries do we want to say no I don't want to support you yeah um so and it does require that little bit more thought than just going down to the shops and buying something because 90% of the time if we go to the shopping center we wouldn't want to buy anything yeah that's there. but even though it ticks those boxes, we have to ensure that that gift is going to be essential for yeah, the other person. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I think fundamentally, you know, that needs to be there. And if there's any doubt around it in whether you're going to receive the gifts that you actually need mm. or give the gifts that you actually need, it's then it's probably best that you don't participate in yeah. it unless you actually know. And then, of course, the 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 value in that, it comes in the communication and the relationship to be able to articulate you know where you're at with that. Or for as well. instance, like if you know that this person loves this particular brand, but you don't know what they might actually like or need from that brand, you just buy them a gift voucher. Yeah, because they would appreciate that. Yeah. So there's many different ways that you can go about um, gift giving. And could I just say that, like, um, you know, simply buying somebody a gift, you know. M- as opposed to creating an experience. So like on our, um, on our post where we talk about examples of, um, you know, minimalist gift ideas, you know, there's shortest things like, um, uh, you know, a lot of them are like acts of service. So it could be like, actually, rather than buying a cake or buying a purse, for example, you actually make, like invite that person over for dinner. Mm. And you make like a three-course meal and cake, mm. right? But the effort of making, let's say, food mm. or making a, a garment or... Well, this is you. Actually... This is what you love for your birthday. Like you put together what you want for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then that's like my gift to you is like I stay in the kitchen yeah. pretty much all day <laughs> making food for uh, you that you sit down with a bib and like inhale. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. Look, look, it's one day of the year where I can demand whatever food I want. And uh, yeah, I do. you do put in a lot of work, but I appreciate it so much. But it's harder. You could just go out and get me some shoes. Yeah. Right? That might take you an hour. I can tell you exactly what shoes. Yeah. And it's done. But then, no, five hours later, you've made lasagna, <laughs> tiramisu, and all, like that's a lot of work. Yeah. So I think um, that when we get back to the idea of having a thoughtful or a kind gesture for somebody else, like a minimalist gift could mean that you need to actually work harder. Mm. Like, you know, we've offered to um, babysit my niece and nephew for my, um, my sister mm. as a gift so mm. she can actually go out and have like a nice dinner with my brother-in-law. Like, she really appreciates that. Like, you know, us putting in five, six hours of babysitting is actually really goes a long way yeah. um, for what she wants in her life as well. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, we can think a little bit outside the box in terms of what that experience or consumable looks like. Um, and it, it's still not taken away from being thoughtful for a gift, but it, you're just trying to mitigate the excess, just the excess mm. consumption when you're making those decisions. So it's the the difference between knowing the person or knowing what you're going to get them or tell the person telling you compared yep. to guessing and getting them something for the sake of needing to buy a present but yes. not being 100% sure if they will actually like it or not. Yes. So, like, I mean, I've been told multiple times I'm really difficult to buy for. You are, yes. <laughs> Confirmed. But like for me, it's like, well, I'd rather be than asked. Yeah. Or just buy me an experience, or don't buy me anything. Like just you know, let's go out for lunch somewhere and do something. Yes. Um. So I'd rather that than put the pressure and the stress on that person to feel like they're sweating when they're giving me the gift. Like, you know, I. I please, I hope that you love it as much yeah. as you know, because then that puts also the pressure on you. To like, you obviously want to love it, but you can't pretend yeah. that you do or don't. You're, you're so spot on. You know, I, I forgot. Do you remember who, who got me movie tickets one year? I think it was Sandra. Yeah, I, I don't know who. Yeah, it, it was just movie tickets, like two or three movie tickets or like $80 or I was blown away with that. I think it was a gift voucher to the cinema. That's right. I was yeah. blown away with that. Yeah. I was like, this is great. You spent it within two weeks. Yeah. So, Let's go see this <laughs> yeah, movie. Let's go see that. <laughs> but, um, you know, because, again, it was just all related to an experience. Mm. You know, I didn't have to. And she also got us um, yoga, remember? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, you know, and talking about So, they about get, it, like, I think that our families tend yes, we've to trained completely them. Now, understand. Now, I think on that note, though, I mean, for us, I mean, we're, what, five years into our minimalist journey. Yeah. So... You know, we we started conversations quite early on with our friends and family about expectations around gifts. And, Mm -hmm. you know, initially our messages were just around, look, we, you know, we we really just don't want things. Mm. Um, You know, if you were to get us anything, um, you know, would appreciate some cash. You know, cash can always be used for like a nice dinner or gift voucher to dinner or movies. So we were very specific. We outlined multiple examples Mm. um, of what... An it's almost like, like just don't buy us something. Yeah, you know, like don't don't waste your time and energy trying to scratch your head over what to get us. Yes, 
Um, because you feel the pressure for them as yeah, well. And, exactly. and, and, and particularly for us, if you need to buy us, it's hard enough for us to buy ourselves something mm. that ticks all our ethical boxes. So imagine if somebody else yeah. had to try and do that for us. So yeah. it was really easy for us to position that. Last year, um, I sent out an email to my family basically opting out of Christmas gifts altogether. So I actually wrote an email talking about how, like, you know, it's just um, like the whole idea of presents on Christmas Day. We, you know, we get the joy and everything, but it just doesn't align with sort of our values. Mm. And um, we're happy to bring great energy and positivity in Christmas Day and and bring bring food. food. Yep. So there's that food and that effort around food. Um, But we really just really don't want to participate in gifts, receiving or giving gifts. And they were only more than happy to accommodate that. Were they? Um, we still got presents, Michael. <laughs> well, yes, we still got presents. They were like, look, I know you said you don't want presents, but we got you some anyway. But then, then you but- feel bad. Like I felt bad for not give. then like obviously I didn't catch on to the fact that we will be receiving gifts. But then it's like, well, then you feel this guilt of like. I didn't. Yeah, but that's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt guilt because I was like, and I don't know if it's as a woman in the household that it's like, not that it's your responsibility, but when it comes to presents for your family, I'm always the one that initiates it, right? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So like that's more top of mind for me because I feel like I sort of let people down or I'm not not doing my job, but like. I don't know. I think I put probably unnecessary yeah. pressure on myself to make but sure I think, that... But I think because we made it it's so explicitly clear yeah. and that they chose to do it anyway. Yeah. And the amount of gifts we got were by far It was reduced. like half. It was reduced yeah. compared to what we would normally get, right? Yeah. But, but I think because I was just content that we at least took a stand and that's what we said. Yeah. Um, that's why... I got a bit more comfort from it and didn't feel that pressure yeah. because, you know, I think the whole idea of giving gifts to expect something in return is probably not where yeah. it should be. And I think, I mean, they were very yeah. thoughtful gifts every, you know, they made sure that everything was vegan and that, you know, they were all consumables. Yes. So that was, that was great. Yeah. So that, you know, it was body lotion, it was food, it was tea, it was chocolate, you yeah. know, that sort of stuff. So yeah. that was really nice. Yeah. But then you still, for me, it was like, oh, we didn't we didn't do anything but we did but well we did but yes. we didn't we showed up in different yeah. ways <laughs> <laughs> but we when did. you when you're talking to a person that appreciates gift giving or that's the way that they like they obviously that's maybe their love language so they showed us love by giving us the gifts yes do you know what i mean yes so and we showed it's... love by giving them food <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure yeah um so yeah, so but but I, I can say that like yeah, you, it can take multiple years, multiple attempts to try and reset those expectations about gifts. But I think a really good idea is like instead of falling into the trap of excess stuff, you know, wh- why doesn't why don't everyone just pull their funds together and go have an experience together? Yeah. So for example, you know, I wonder um, if everyone was to do an analysis of just on average, how much is spent on gifts in, in their household at Christmas time over the last five years, for example. Mm-hmm. And just to see 
um, you know, what type of, how that money could be repurposed on like a little getaway and, trip or something like that. And that would um, be easy because the amount of money that people spend on Christmas day just for that one day is astronomical. Well, it is depending where you are. But yeah. I think if everyone is a very personal experience, so just do the numbers. And I wonder if you can put forward an argument to say, hey, we, did you know we spent a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars collectively as a family last year? Um, you know, do you know that we could go down to the co- the coast seaside we can go experience um you know traveling here going on a caravan ride or something together as a family and actually creating a moment and experience mm. instead this year mm. but it's um you, you know as, see, we're... as i tried to reflect back on presents that i've received i don't remember too many so obviously i probably would remember experiences more than see, the things that I and received. i remember i remember a lot of um like family trips yeah that we had with other families and I things like that the, most, the yeah. most right so it's like but as we're recording this episode it is april 2019 just mm. the end of april 2019 um, my challenge to all of you, and I'm going to probably start thinking about this as well, have the conversation now. Well, we're moving to Europe, so it's going to be much easier. <laughs> I know, but, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't wait till September, November. Have the conversation now about, you know, how, um, you know, Christmas or holiday season can look this year, um, you know, and reimagine gifts and turn them into a big experience and start get everybody excited about it in advance. Like and plant the seed and then start, you know, as time goes on, think yeah. about different ideas that you can put forward to everyone. Absolutely. To make a decision on. Cool. Um, so, look, that's, um, you know, in terms of if I was to summarize our approach to gifts now as minimalist, it's, um, yeah. If, if we're talking about actually giving or receiving gifts, we make people aware of our wish list yeah. and we always want to be aware of other people's wish lists. We want yeah. to make sure that everything is essential. See, it's funny you say that because the thing that I always ask a person when their birthday's coming up or when whatever, sure. um, whatever the occasion is, I ask them, what do you need? Yes. Because I know that most people that I am friends with or that are in my life, they have everything that they, you know, that they kind of wish for. And so it's not that easy to be like, oh, they really need this. And you don't spend that much time with them on a day-to-day basis to kind of get an idea of, oh, well, they need, you know, they need a new chopping board in the kitchen or they need whatever it is. So, Yeah. 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 So that's a great question to ask. What do you need? What do I need? What do you need? Um, I think the second thing is set expectations. So, but do it early. Um, don't do it around the event. So if you've got a wedding to go to next week or a baby shower or Christmas or yeah, birthday. Please don't leave the gift in a week before yeah, the wedding. But, but have the conversation well in advance um, so you know the other person can feel that it's really intentional and really thoughtful um, and come with some examples. Like, you know I, know, I just remember with our family, we gave them heaps of examples of what that looks like um, as well. And the third thing is, um, you know, look for, for experiences. You know, so if, if you're in a relationship, how can you have an experience together out for dinner, uh, a weekend getaway, staying a night at Airbnb, that's really cool. Like, you know, or as a family, how can you pull your funds together across multiple families and have a really great experience together as well? Um, so, you know, again, we're not saying that, you know, you should not participate in gifts as a minimalist, 
but I think there are some ways to be a lot more intentional about it. Yeah. And I think that the main barometer for success in gift giving is, you know, um, did you create a memory? Did you use it? Um, you know, did it make you feel special? Not, oh my God, I've got some things that I need to re-gift. I've just created waste. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what we're trying to avoid as a minimalist. Nice one. Cool. Good way to wrap it up. That's it. Rant over for me. Um, anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? No, I think it's just even just thinking about if you're buying something for someone else um, or even if if you put yourself in their shoes and think about how that gift will last a long time, not something that they might want now, but something that has longevity. You know, yeah. like I talk about that when you're buying things just for yourself Um in a post that I did that's called the life cycle of a product. Yeah. So just from before, like how the product was made to how the product will be disposed of or how long the longevity of that product is. Yeah. So, you know, if someone needs a toaster, don't go out and buy them a $5 toaster that's going to break in four months time. Yeah. I mean, if that's all that you can afford, buy them something else or make something else. Yeah. So also think about the environment and, you know, our planet and the animals. Absolutely. As well. Yeah. So. Great point. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Um, we might leave it at that, guys. Thank you for tuning in as always. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again next episode. Thanks, guys. Right, bye. Bye. So there it is. Minimalism is not so black and white. It's all about intentionality. And the approach to minimalism does not change when it comes to gifts. We acknowledge the power of a thoughtful gift as an expression of love. And we think that there's a time and place for creating and planning these moments in our lives. However, the idea of gifts has been amplified with capitalism and advertising, preying on our desire to fit in, to drive excessive consumption. That's the trap that gifts present to us. It's all about creating awareness for yourself and the important people in your life. The goal should never to feel like a gift has been wasted, which probably means we need to get better at giving gifts. Anyway, we mentioned a few articles we've written about as it relates to gifts, which you can find at our show notes, theminimalistvegan.com slash 012. That's theminimalistvegan.com slash 012. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your attention and we don't take it for granted. Here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Till next time, peace.